This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory. I never thought we'd see anything that could rival the hug with his father in 1997. But we just did. That will be the greatest scene in golf forever, Jim Nance. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday. A ton to get to in this show. And we got to dive into some masters starting this week. And uh, the call there by Jim Nance. And maybe it'll be another Jim Nance Tiger Woods call this weekend. We shall see. Joining us right now to talk all things masters, Kenny Kim at FD Degenerates Pod on Mayo Media, GUPSCorner.com, G U P S Corner.com. You can find his work there. He joins us right now on the Roman guest line to talk all things masters. All right, Kenny, before we get into anything else, weather, the course, the players, your picks. Give us the, the latest Kenny Kim thought here on, on the Tiger Woods situation. We're all following this. We're all wondering. We're all thinking, is he going to play? Kenny, what, what's your gut feeling? What's your what's your Tiger thought on this Tuesday? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so I remember the last time I was on Joe O's show in 2019, <laughs> uh, uh, so you're talking about Tiger in the same way, and I said there was no way he could win. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So that, that little intro right there with Tiger, you know, sort of rubbed it in, rubbed some salt in the wounds on that one. But, yeah, it looks like he's going to play. Uh, I do not – I mean, the, the way people are talking about him out on the course, uh, I mean, 176-mile-per-hour ball speed, uh, you know, on the course right now. It, it looks like he is going to play. And I am not going to say anything negative about him because I'm not going to make that mistake twice. <laughs> you beat me to the punch, Kenny. I was going to bring that up, how in 2019 you were on my show on 670 The Score in Chicago, adamant and kind of kind of laughing at all the people that kept betting on Tiger, betting on Tiger. And I was right there with you, and uh, we know what he did. It's Augusta. It's different for Tiger. But uh, I, I, I assume that a reason you brought that up is you're having flashbacks a bit, and we know people are going to bet him no matter what what the odds are and um, there are ways to certainly fade him like miss the cut or, you know, going over on some of these props. Do you plan on doing that this week? Let, let's go with the assumption that he's going to play because all signs are pointing to that. Look, if, he, if he's going to play, he's probably as close to hundred percent as he can be. Uh, I mean, how, I don't know how much you can be after a compound factor in your leg a year ago, uh, but it looks like he is and he wouldn't be out there if he didn't think he had a chance to win. That's one thing I will say. What types of things do you look at uh, when you're betting on the Masters? Do you look at any of these trends? For example, nine of the last 10 Masters winners rank 16th or better in the world golf rankings. What types of things are do you have your eye on when you're placing your bets? 
Yeah, I mean, this is one of the courses where course history comes into play a lot more uh, than most. So experience on this course is because, I mean, these greens are so tricky. These shots, you have to pinpoint certain areas on the green to aim for, not at the pin. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to learn everything you need to learn. Uh, so, you know, experience is one thing that I will look at. Uh, probably no debutantes that I will bet in any shape or form uh, this week. Uh, and, and people that are coming in hot, you know, coming in sort of trying to find their peak right now. You know, you hear that from golfers all the time. They, they want to peak right at the Masters. And there's a couple of guys that are, that are close to doing that this week. Kenny, there's so many golfers in this particular event. I mean, and the odds reflect that. I mean, you can't find anyone shorter than 12 to 1. That'd be John Rahm right now. Justin Thomas, 13 to 1. I mean, all the way down, you know, we could find, uh, you know, 500 to 1, 1,000 to 1, all the way down the road. When there's so many golfers here, is there an area you look to attack? Do you look at the top because they're all kind of bunched up? Do you look more in that 20, 30, 40 to 1 range? When you're looking for the best odds based on such a big field, is there is there a strategy you look at? Um, when you're looking at, at golfers and, and, the, and the odds with them for this particular tournament? I mean, I'm probably focusing more on people that are 50 to 1 or shorter uh, around that area. Like you said, like Aaron just said, you know, top uh, world golf rankings, uh, the top players usually win this event. Uh, that's normally the way to go. Uh, that's probably where I will be focusing the majority of my betting card. Though there are some long shot numbers uh, out there. I mean, I just saw in one book, Paul Casey, 95 to 1. Daniel Berger, 85 to one. So if you can search around, you might be able to find some guys uh, that are out there that are uh, above the 50 to one range that you might be able to sneak on. Uh, but th- for the most part, I will stick with 50 to one or under uh, for this event. Kenny, there are some uh, really great golfers that have terrific course history at the masters, but they missed the cut last year. Uh, guys like DJ or uh, was it, was it Rory? We've got Kepka, Cantlay's up there. Um, how are you handling some of those guys? You know, I, I mean, one outing of poor play doesn't really dissuade me from using any of those. I mean, DJ's probably one of my favorite bets out there uh, this week. It doesn't really bother me that he missed the cut last week. Kepka's one of my favorite bets out there. Uh, it doesn't bother me that he missed the cut last year. I mean, basically, he was on one leg. Uh, so, I mean, I, I could just eliminate that from Brooks. Uh, so, you know, I, one outing is not going to sway my mind uh, at all. Uh, it shouldn't sway anyone's mind. Everyone can have a bad week. Uh, it's not that big of a deal uh, for me. For one, now if the guys miss like, you know, four or five cuts, five or six cuts, then you worry a little bit more. So tell us some of your favorite bets that you have so far. Yeah, well, I mean, I just named the first two up top. I mean, if you're going up top, I'm going with the Bash Brothers. Uh, you know, when I talked about golfers that are peaking, it looks like Dustin Johnson is one of those guys uh, coming in with a, uh, a 63 uh, course record at the uh, last round of the players and coming in and getting to the semifinals of the match play. He looks like he's, he's getting there. Uh, his game is coming back. He looks strong. 16-1 uh, seems fine to me. Brooks Kepka, uh, another one who seems you know, people sort of been bashing him a little bit, but he hasn't really – technically been playing that poorly uh if you take away the players championship which was you know just a wash for so many people because of the weather uh, he has four top 15s around uh in in, the, in his last um uh three top 15s in his last four events good showing at the match play you know brooks is always going to come in to these majors and trying to uh, uh you know this is this is his thing right here uh so he'll be uber focused and i got no problem at 21 uh, those are the ones on top that I like. I mean, if you're looking a little bit below, 
Uh, Adam Scott interests me at 55 to 1, 50 to 1. Uh, the thing about him is his putting has been so good here recently. And it's funny to say Adam Scott's putting has been good, uh, but it, it has been. And if you can get back to that elite ball striking guy, he's been throughout his whole career and had that putter, I think 50 to 1 is a good number. Kenny, is there anyone you're fading this weekend? Maybe their odds say it's pretty good. I mean, you know, they could be more towards the top of the odds board, but you don't love the way they're playing, their course history. Maybe some of our listeners out there have a couple names written down. Uh, give us a couple names you wouldn't want to bet on this weekend, just for whatever variety of reasons you have out there. You're just not feeling them as we head into this weekend. I mean, if you go near the top of the board, Victor Hoffman worries me just a little bit just because of how poor his short game is. If you look at the weather uh, this week, it looks like it will be sort of breezy. Uh, have some wind. There will be some missed greens. You will have to get it up and down to save par, and that is the worst part of his game. Uh, I mean, now he can throw this in my face because he's one of the most talented ball strikers out there on the tour. Uh, but I, I think, you know, with that weak short game, it's tough to find flaws in these guys up top now since they're so good. Uh, but maybe that flaw will keep him away from the podium. Uh, so that's one guy. And Bryson, I think everyone's fading Bryson. Uh, it just doesn't look right. 80% Bryson doesn't seem like someone that I want to bet on on this course. I, with this course, more than any other, you, you need the experience. And you alluded to that earlier at the start of our conversation when you said you're not going to be betting on any debutants. And it certainly makes sense. That's a staple with uh, most betters from year to year at Augusta. But you've, you've got to go through those tough times to gain that experience. All these uh, guys with the outstanding course history are going to get bet. Is there a golfer or two that, that's been here a number of years and you can kind of see them breaking through? I'm not, I'm not saying win. I'm saying maybe top 20. Like they're going to be in the mix and maybe they haven't in the past. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at someone up top, Carl Morikawa sort of, uh, you know, fancies me. I mean, I think he finished what, outside the top four the first time he played. I think he finished 18th the second. I like the improvement that he has. And the one thing he talked about in an interview prior to the match, prior to this week, was how he changed his game for the course, for Augusta. And a lot of golfers do that. And sometimes it can get in your head. Uh, you know, I have to hit a high draw. Uh, I have to add that to my game. Uh, and, and he said that sort of messed with him. Uh, on the course from a shot-to-shot basis. And he says that this week he's going to play his game. We know his game is one of the top in the world. And I like that mind frame. I like his improvement in the first two. I think he can contend uh, this year uh, when it comes down to it. He would be the one that, that sort of catches my eye from a guy who, you know, has played a couple of times, hasn't really broken through. Uh, I think he might be one of the ones who could have a solid week this week. What about um, some of the veterans um, going back to, you know, having experience at Augusta? Would you look at any of them as longer shots for maybe top 20, top 30? Oh, sure. Justin Rose would be someone who, who piques my interest in that. I mean, I know he hasn't had the best season, but he loves this course here. Adam Scott, same thing. Uh, Mark Leishman uh, is probably one of my favorites. Uh, I have no problem with him. Uh, he has that, that solid course history in game should be able to, to fit this course. You've seen it before, his long iron play. Uh, you know, over 200 yards hasn't been great, but 175 to 200, it's been pretty good uh, this season. He's been putting well. Uh, I think he can come to this course even without the form, a good form, and still play this course well, and that is probably due to his experience at Augusta. Kenny, how do you think the weather is going to impact things this week? I know that it's changing, and we'll see how it is um, this weekend, but – 
just in general, this course with weather, uh, do you think it's going to be a big factor as you lead into this? And, and you know, could could a better out there wait to see how the weather is before they actually put their bet in? Would you, would you advise waiting to see, or, or do you think the numbers are the best numbers now? Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, Thursday morning could be a really good time to tee off. A little bit of rain uh, early uh, Thursday morning before the before the, the tee time start. Of course, it'll be a little bit softer. It'll be a little bit more gettable. Uh, the wind will be the lowest. It will be on Thursday and Friday, Thursday morning. So picking out, I don't think the tee times are out yet. Uh, so when they come out, trying to poach some guys, maybe in that early tee time, maybe teeing off before 9 a.m., on Thursday, because it looks like Thursday afternoon, the wind's going to blow pretty hard, or close to 30 mile per hour gusts. Uh, and then Friday afternoon, it doesn't look like it's still going to be windy, but not as breezy as Thursday afternoon. So that that early Friday morning crowd, uh, tea times could, could have a a nice little advantage teeing off on softer grounds, less windy, uh, easier scoring conditions. How you playing Shoffley this week, if at all? Uh, you know, I'm just, I can never get Xander right. Uh, you know, with all the other guys around him and Price, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I can pull the trigger. I know a lot of people like him, uh, and it makes sense because he's a great player. But, I mean, he just hasn't shown me enough this season. He's not one of those golfers who are peaking uh, at the moment. And at 20 to 1, you know, you can get Kepka at that price. You can get Morikawa at that price. You can get Spieth at 22, you know. I, so, uh, I, I think it's a pass for me. What about make or miss the cut? Is there any value there for you? You know, I usually don't play those uh, very often. I, I mean, the thing is, if you're going to do it, I would probably do a parlay. Uh, you know, make it, make, it, make it worth your while and just get a group of them. One thing you could do maybe is uh, get some guys in that Thursday afternoon wave. Uh, and, and pick on them to miss the cut uh, with 30-mile-per-hour gusts uh, with, with harder conditions that Thursday uh, and still windy, a bit windy on Friday morning. Uh, you know, maybe you could target that area for some missed cut parlays. Kenny, give us a name that we're not talking about. Maybe it hasn't even come up in the last 10 minutes of this conversation that you think at some point Someone's going to be talking about this weekend. Maybe they're top 10, top 15 early on or Saturday morning, whatever. Just a, a name that maybe we haven't mentioned that you think at some point this weekend it's going to pop a little bit. doesn't mean they're going to win the Masters, but just a, a name that you have your eye on. The, the Masters and now kind of moving forward this season. Probably Terrell Hatton. Uh, he, he catches my eye here a, a little bit. And, you know, his iron play was exceptionally strong last time at Valspar. Uh, you know, gained five, five and a half strokes with his approach. Uh, really solid second place at the Arnold Palmer, which is another tough course that could get a little bit breezy. Uh, always good from with his longer irons, especially from 200 yards plus solid with his par fives. Uh, he's been having a pretty good season. It's probably time for him to show up here at a major here sometime soon. And just looking at his, uh, you know, course history here, uh, if I remember, it's not the greatest, but his 18th last year was his best finish. Uh, so maybe he's getting it after five times around this course. So Hatton is someone that I actually put a bet on at 55 to one. Great stuff, Kenny. We appreciate you hopping on as always. And um, good luck this weekend, Kenny. Always love doing it. Kenny Kim at FD Degenerates Pod on Mayo Media. 
gupscorner.com, G-U-P-S corner.com. Find all his work there. He was on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to getroman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash BetQL. We got a lot of names there. I mean, Kenny threw a lot of names at us in the last 10 minutes that we could bet on. We'll talk more about it. NBA next right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.